The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Spend my dollar. It's not about what you want. It's about what you're willing to do to get it. Run it again. Hello and welcome. I'm not going to, so quit asking. When you give me a hard time. For the listeners that didn't get to go. This is the payback. What you did last year really doesn't matter. Our goal is to have the kind of team that nobody wants to play. Hi. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast, show three as part of a pre-camp roundup. Uh, Alabama football uh, fall camp starts August the 5th, and we're trying to step through the new coaches, the offenses, the defenses, the special teams, really as a pre-camp primer, sort of get our heads back, dusted off. It's been a long offseason, and so as we get back into fall camp and all the headlines and news stories and prepping for the season, we just thought, hey, let's just run through all the positions, all the new coaches, and sort of level set amongst ourselves what's happening with the team, what we expect to happen, and just remember some of those roster players, some of those names that uh, maybe had slipped our mind in, the, like I said, the long uh, offseason. So this is show three. There are, call it companion articles, on the website, alabamafootballpodcast.com. And what's interesting is we've wrote, uh, we've written, uh, <laughs> uh, we've written, uh, uh, four articles, so coaches, offense, defense, and then a separate one for special teams. And there's some of the content that we've written that didn't make the audio, and there's some of the just the stuff we're riffing on on the the audio that we didn't write out in the um, in the articles. And so they're really good companion pieces. The articles can stand alone. The podcast can stand alone, or they can be really good uh, companion pieces. So uh, we'd add, we'd encourage you to check those out. And uh, that gives us more traffic on the site. And you see some of the maybe if you haven't been there in a while, some of the maybe the changes that uh, that we've made there also gives you an opportunity to check out the member program for and it's not for 2021. We just said, look, we're just we're going to define a member program, not redefine it every year, put it out there. That's what it is. And uh, we'll sort of evolve it as we need to. But let's just make it silly simple. And so we've got uh, you can join monthly for two bucks and you can join annually for $18. And so you save a couple dollars if you go annually. We've got about 70 bonus shows that we've accrued over the last couple of years. So if you go and join up for a couple of months and download all those and and you realize this, I don't want to do this, then that's great. You know, for two or four or six bucks, you've gotten uh, an incredible amount of uh, free content. If you stick around, you have the opportunity to participate in all of our Zoom calls, which were a heck of a lot of fun last year. I have a whole new collection of best friends, uh, and, I, and I've kidded, but I'm not kidding. Uh, if I stop doing the podcast, I'll probably still continue to do the Zoom calls. And so get in on that uh, because I don't think that I don't think that goes away because it was just so much fun. And uh, and then we release those shows. Not only you get to be on the show, but if you're if you can't attend, it's not really a show. I guess it kind of is now. 
but it's a call and then we record them and then we release it as a show. And so if you can't make a call, then it's like you were there because you get to, you get to listen to it. And I know uh, it's a healthy group, a really great group of guys that, uh, that participated with us last year doing that. And so, you know, if you couldn't come one week, uh, they'd listen to it and feel like, you know, they hadn't missed it. And so that's uh, that, that was that was a lot of fun. And so hopefully, uh, you know, you get access to that. You do get access to that if you join uh, the member program. We're still doing the raffle. And so you have an opportunity to do that as well. Uh, probably still be some bonus shows that additionally that we'll post over there. Again, it's really just supporting the show. Help us keep the lights on. We're going to host a lot of this sort of websites and audio locations and all that jazz. And so that's part of the reason we went to networking on a network. And so we get maybe get some, some ads that help offset that. We've got a producer that we love that does phenomenal work for us, getting their shows posted. But, uh, you know, we've got to offset uh, that cost a little bit too. And we're glad to pay him for his hard work and contributions. But if we can have some ad revenue or our member support revenue that uh, helps us do that, then that's uh, phenomenal as well. So it's a longer hard sell than I, than I wanted to do. Hopefully not a hard sell, but just sort of sharing uh, some stuff there. Why don't we jump in? This is, like I said, this is our third in the series. This is defense, uh, pre-camp. Camp starts August 5th. Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit uh, a little bit of special teams as well. And so when we think about 2021, this is the year of Alabama defense. It truly is. Uh, and I'm going to give credit where it's due. Uh, shout out to Swedish correspondent uh, Doug a year ago. Doug said, hey, I'm excited about the 2020 season, but dude, the 2021 season, the defense is going to be on fire. That team is going to be phenomenal, and the defense is going to be amazing. And so a year ago, like I swear it was a year ago, uh, he was saying this, and my I was so focused, my just my headspace was so focused on the 2020 season. Is it going to happen? And if it doesn't happen, would that all these players will never get to see again, uh, you know, play for Alabama. And if they do come back, this team could be legendary. And so my head was there, uh, and he was sort of looking at the defense a year uh, a year away. And it turns out we both have the opportunity uh, to be right because last year was what it was uh, in this defense. Holy moly! And so I am one hundred percent on board. Uh, you know, with with Doug's sort of forecast, I just have the added benefit of additional evidence. And so I'm fully on board, but I, I have a lot more evidence than even Doug had, had last year. And so consider this just for the evidence that we have today that we didn't have a year ago. We didn't know Malachi Moore was going to be Malachi Moore. We didn't know Brian Branch was going to be Brian Branch. We didn't know Tim Smith was going to be Tim Smith. We didn't know Henry Tuatua was going to come to Alabama. We had two interview shows. They were released privately last year. Uh, you can go back and listen to them uh, if you if you join. We're going to do interview shows uh, shows publicly this year. But we had two interview shows with Tennessee podcast last year, and we and they railed about you know Tua Tua being the best player on the roster. That he was phenomenal. Well, he's on our team now. That's amazing. He plays for Alabama. We've seen the development of Christian Harris and Josh Job, uh, probably both uh, just so far beyond. What we what we thought they could be, and then certainly uh, you know back under the freshman category, uh, um, you know Will Anderson, holy moly! And so we have all of this additional evidence this year that, that we didn't have last year that this that this year twenty twenty one defense uh, is poised to be outstanding, and I really do believe that. Uh, I do believe that this is uh, the year of uh, the year of Alabama defense sort of swinging sort of the momentum 
back. If last year was the year of Alabama offense, then like I said, this is the year of Alabama uh, defense. Uh, I think this is the defense that Saban envisioned when he set out to remake the defense, when he realized I need to evolve my defense. I need more versatility. I need more speed on the field. I think this is what he envisioned. Um, and certainly depth. Holy cow. Uh, the depth across not just the team, not just the roster, not just the position, but the depth even across like the individual classes, the way it's layered uh, just so perfectly. Uh, this defense is set to be good for multiple seasons. And not just like good, but like really good. This defense is set to be outstanding uh, in in 2021, and I think that will carry over uh, into 22 and and 23 for some of these guys. Um, all right, so we're going to jump in. We're going to talk about defensive line, linebacker, secondary, and we're going to spend a, uh, spend a minute um, on special teams. So let's do it. For me, defensive line. For me, uh, 2015 is the high water mark for uh, uh, defensive lines at Alabama, especially call it in the modern era or more recent uh, era, or even just the saving time frame, if you want to look at it that way, however you want to redefine it. 2015 was certainly a high water mark. When we think about the Alabama defensive line, we play three positions, uh, the nose and two tackles. When 15, in 2015, we had eight players in active rotation at those three positions. Many of those players are still Still playing in the NFL, and so when you think about depth, uh, that's incredible. That's that's almost three deep in rotation at those three positions. That's unheard of. And what really resonated, and you've heard me say this a couple of times, even dating back to, to that season, where the depth along the defensive front became a weapon. Not just that the guys are really good and can get after it. That's true. That's that's why there were so many of them. But you can have guys that can go after it, that can get after it, and they don't have to they don't have to hold themselves back knowing that they've got to play, you know, 80 snaps. I can go get it because I know I'm gonna get a breather. And so the depth itself becomes a weapon because the rotation is is viable and the step down between, you know, the, the first and the second and, and even getting into the third at some, the drop off of talent. I mean, there is a drop off of talent, but it's not such that that, you know, you're rolling, you know, refrigerator boxes out there, you know, trying to make plays that you can afford to do the rotation because the talent just runs so deep. 2021, as we sit here late July, it's too early to suggest that that we're going to hit that high water mark again. That we're going to have eight players, you know, rotating for three positions. But you know what I'll tell you? is when I look at the roster, I count six. I count six with almost no hesitation. And so I think that is a tremendous start. Uh, When we think about camp and we think about the players uh, on the defensive front, the key, the key for the defensive front is injury. We've got to get guys back healthy and we've got to keep them healthy. And if we think about, if we think about LeBron Ray, uh, Justin Aboibe, and DJ Dale, who, by the way, those are the guys that I would consider the starters up front today. That's three of the six that I'll list as, you know, six before I even start to hesitate about players in, in the rotation. And so they these guys need to be healthy and they need to stay healthy. And they all have had some history of injury. Poor LeBron Ray, 
has missed so much time and, is, and has been just so limited and so hampered. Uh, Boyby, not quite as much, but he's missed some key time uh, with injury too. And I don't know that he's had a healthy season, so, so to speak. And then DJ Dale at parts of fall camp last year, you know, reports are that that he was unblockable. And at some point along along the way, I think he dinged a knee, which really impacted uh, his ability, uh, his versatility last season. And so if they all come back 100% healthy, and that becomes the sort of the, the starting core across the defensive front, and then you start layering, you know, two and three and four guys depth-wise behind them, then I think you really have the makings uh, of a really stout uh, defense. It's a true freshman, but I'll put him in the injury bucket as well. Tim Keenan, a uh, highly uh, recruited defensive lineman. Uh, he had a knee injury in high school. I have not specifically heard or read or seen anything about how he's progressing, if he's subject to play this season. So I'll put a sort of a big question mark next to him, not as a negative, but truly, I just don't know. Does, it, does he necessarily need to skip a season to sit out a season because of uh, that historical injury? I don't know, but he's a guy that 100% healthy could potentially be uh, in the rotation as well. And so that's that's why I, I sort of categorize him in that way. Uh, if we think about the rest of the roster, if we think about the, the the rest of the names that could potentially start to fill in and rotate, let's talk about the 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 second three in my six, if you will. So LeBron Ray, uh, Eboibi, and Dale are my top three. Who who's the next three that I'm that I'm thinking about? Uh, I think about Phil Mathis. I think he has the opportunity. I don't. What's interesting is I don't know that. He's a starter if the other guys are healthy, but he is starter quality. He's a fourth starter where we start three. I think he's that good. I think he rotates in. I think he has the opportunity to be sort of the next big guy, uh, internal uh, pass rusher. And so we think about Q, and then we think about um, uh, Barmore. Uh, I think uh, I think Phil Mathis has the opportunity to sort of be that type of player. And uh, he, he uh, has been very active, very productive during his career, uh, sort of limited snaps. snaps. If, if you ran some analytics, his production relative to snaps, I think you I think grade out really well. And this year, I think, <clears throat> I think it's, he gets uh, a, a significant more snaps and opportunities. Um, and so that'll be fun to watch. Uh, Tim Smith, just a freshman last year. But he looked really good in somewhat limited duty and really started to come on the second half of the season, uh, getting more opportunity at the, at the nose, uh, rotating in some for DJ Dale. Uh, I think I think Tim Smith has an opportunity to, to really develop. This could be a season for him. And then not as many reps, uh, but Jamil, uh, freshman last year, Jamil Burroughs, is another guy that later in the season started to get more and more reps. And I thought he acquitted himself uh, very well. And so he is, uh, he's a player that I would consider, I don't think I would have much hesitation in saying he's in the top six uh, rotation. I really don't. And then from there, I've got sort of two buckets of guys from which we could pull in additional rotational guys. Braylon Ingraham is a fellow that has gotten some reps, gotten some opportunity, never sort of flashed for my money, but is a highly regarded recruit. I think he has a lot of potential. I think he could burst out. Uh, Byron Young is a guy, and I probably should have ranked him, you know, a little bit higher. I probably put him, you know, maybe even, well, somewhere below Phil, but, you know, maybe had a, you know, maybe he's in that, maybe he should be in a higher group 
I'm sort of fumbling here, but uh, but Byron Young is a player that uh, I think he has the opportunity to really burst out and have a big uh, big season. I've got him in a question bucket, and I, I, what I'm really saying is I think he's better than that, and probably has already dem- demonstrated uh, some of that. I just put his name in the wrong category here. Stephen Wynn uh, uh, is a is a guy that again he's seen some reps. I think he and and Braylon are more like one another than than Byron Young. I'd like to see him. Uh, really pop this season, and that gives us a layer, an additional. Every one of these guys that that gives us some productive reps uh, is really deepening the bench across the defensive line. And there's an order of magnitude at how the how the defensive front uh, can perform. John Marin uh, Lathan, he's a guy that uh, one of our listeners, Clint, uh, was super impressed with during a day, and he's a guy that I think uh, again a freshman last year. Uh, he's a guy that I think that uh, that could really pop. I don't know that I would put him in my my top six, top top seven yet, uh, but he has every opportunity to be in an active rotation. And it's these guys, these questions, this Byron Young, uh, this this Lath- uh, Moran Lathan, you know, they start to be that seven, that six, that seven, that eight guy in an active rotation. And so I think there's a, a lot of opportunity there. And then even with some of the the freshmen coming in, Monkel Goodwine. Damon Payne is a guy that that I, I feel like that maybe I'm just thinking about Deron Payne, but uh, Damon Payne, who I know is a, a different guy, but I just get the feels. Uh, and so I think he could be, uh, I, I, and I'm projecting maybe a little, but a highly recruited guy that I think could be uh, a force on the interior. And then uh, uh, Anquan or Anquin uh, Barnes, I think is another opportunity. So if we start, you know, if we've got healthy for the front guys, We've got the guys that we think are ready to take the next step. If we if they take the next step, we get one or two of these guys that we're just not sure about. If they pop, and then we get one or two of the freshmen that pop, then all of a sudden, and I, that's a lot of ifs, but all of a sudden we've got eight or nine guys deep uh, across the defensive front. That's exciting. That is super exciting. And so that's, uh, that's, uh, that's what I'm watching for. So with a little bit of health, we're going to just get an incredible amount of depth uh, across the defensive front. So I don't think I'm reaching for the stars. I think I'm reaching uh, for what is within uh, reach across the front here. I think this offensive front has the opportunity, again, to be outstanding, not only in 21, but beyond. And we've talked about that uh, as well. Let's talk about uh, linebacker. This is another position where Coach Saban went big game hunting. And so we brought in Henry Tuatua, former linebacker, Tennessee. Uh, we talked about the Tennessee shows that we did, interviews that we did last year. They love this guy, and, and we love him too. And he almost came to Alabama originally, and, and that's a mistake that uh, uh, that he seems to uh, have corrected. Fortunately, because Tua Tua, Toa Toa, uh, the Tennessee fans didn't know how to say his name. Fortunately, he goes by Hank, and so we're going to go by Hank. <laughs> so thank you there. But uh, I, I think um, – I think he's a phenomenal player uh, and has the opportunity uh, to, to really uh, stand out for Alabama. I think the linebackers, and let's forget, you know, we play a, uh, you know, there's four starter linebacker positions, although we play sort of a base uh, nickel. And so sometimes we'll only play three linebackers. So, uh, but if you look across our starting four, it's a, it's an all-star cast. It truly is. Uh, Christopher Allen and Will Anderson are the bookends. I mean, we all know Will Anderson, but Christopher Allen had a stretch uh, last season. I think he was one of the team leader in sacks, and he had a he had a three or four game stretch where he was recording sacks every week, sort of down the stretch uh, last season. 
he definitely uh, is a phenomenal player and seems to really have been kicking off the rust uh, from his own uh, knee injury. Uh, we talked about Hank or Henry, just a phenomenal player. He was the best player on the Tennessee roster uh, last year. And you can say, well, it's Tennessee, they weren't that good. And, and, and you know what? That's fair. But there's still, when you take an, a, when you take a name program in the SEC, even if they're down on the luck, they're going to recruit well. If you could take the best player off of every team in the SEC, you, you'd have a pretty good collection of players. And so you take the best defensive player, uh, the best player probably uh, on the Tennessee roster, you've got something there. And so uh, and, and he's, he, there's an additional sort of bit of magic with him because he played at Tennessee under Jeremy Pruitt. And we all know Jeremy Pruitt. And so he comes in knowing the playbook. Now we may, you know, tomato, tomato in terms of terminology, but the concepts he gets. And so maybe we're renaming concepts in his head, but I think he gets the majority of the concepts or maybe we've got a twist on it and that's okay too. But, you know, he comes in 80% ready to go. And so it's not like we're going to get someone that has to learn all of this from, from scratch. He understands it. And then Christian Harris, Man, he really, he really blew up in, in, in the good way last season. And so when we think about those guys, that really, really is an all-star team. And, and sort of the, the riddle that I don't know the answer for is who comes off in a nickel. So when we go to nickel situations, knowing that we play a lot of nickel, who comes off the field? This is, go, this is you know, way back machine. But remember linebacker Nico, uh, Nico Johnson. And we like Nico Johnson, but Nico Johnson struggled in coverage. And he was a starter, a middle linebacker. But he came off the field when we, when we played nickel. And what's interesting is, you know, back then, we probably didn't play quite as much nickel as we do now, but we played a, not, a lot of nickel. And so we, he didn't see a lot of Nico Johnson, but he was a starter. And so, and so if we think about that in the context of these guys, who comes off the field in a, uh, in a, in a nickel situation? And especially considering we play so much nickel, I don't know the answer to that question, but uh, and so we'll we'll watch that unfold as well, and maybe we'll learn a little bit in camp. But what's interesting, or what's what's great, whatever the answer is, what's great is well, that's just automatically more depth. That's a third more depth just automatically by playing uh, nickel because now we can rotate uh, amongst those linebackers. So that'll be fun to see. If I were to if I were to maybe speculate, I might say. And see, you know, Christopher Allen was such uh, was so productive as a pass rusher. But I wonder if Christian Harris doesn't rotate some some snaps out as an outside rush linebacker, maybe in some uh, nickel rabbit uh, type sets. So those will be interesting, uh, interesting things to uh, see. We'll just have to watch, watch to see how that plays out. I think we're going to get limited news from the starters during fall camp. And that's good. That's a good thing. If those are four, if those four guys are sort of locked in. They're an all-star team. I think they are locked in. And so what are reporters going to report about? Not a lot about the linebackers because, you know, it doesn't mean they don't need to practice. It just means they need to bake. They need to be ready. They need to gel. Uh, but we know what this, We know how that story unfolds. And so it could be that we don't hear a lot of news about the linebackers. And, and in fact, that's probably a really, really good thing. What we do want to watch for, if there are stories – and maybe from scrimmages and certainly from early games is what's the rotation look like? Because this really tells the future. Now there's a few questions here. I don't know that we 
going to hear a lot about these types of questions. But how does Chris Braswell look? I think early on, there'll be a, a rash of these types of stories, and then they'll sort of peter out. And so they'll ask the question and not really answer it uh, because they won't revisit it. Uh, they won't all revisit it um, with the same vigor that they used to ask the question. But Chris Braswell, if we think about Chris Braswell, he was mentioned uh, oftentimes in sort of the same phrasing, the same sentence as Will Anderson. And so what if he comes on this year? He just needed another year of seasoning. What if he's, you know, 80%, 82% of what Will Anderson was last year? You know, how does he fit into the mix? That's going to be that's going to be compelling. What happens with Drew Sanders? Drew Sanders is uh, uh, an incredible athlete. That and, and again, some guys, sometimes it just takes a year in the system uh, for them to pop. Drew Sanders is a guy that's going to pop. What's going to happen? Uh, where's he going to play? Is an outside linebacker. There seems to be uh, a lot of guys at outside linebacker. Does he maybe move to the inside where Alabama's going to need help next year? Uh, does he move in on the inside and provide some depth there? Does Drew Sanders move to tight end? That's going to be an interesting to watch, uh, one to watch. There was speculation that Oklahoma had recruited him to tight end. He wanted to play linebacker, and so we gave him the opportunity to play linebacker. Well, that doesn't mean a year later he couldn't say, you know what, maybe maybe I'll give tight end a shot. And there's a lot of folks that, that think that that might be his his best position. So that will be interesting to see how that develops. King um, – uh, Makuta went, put his name in a transfer porter, put it portal, but he's still listed on the roster. And so there's a, at the time of recording, I don't know that that's been sort of resolved. And so early in camp, we'll figure that out. Uh, and so what's, what's the story there? I think if he, six, he, if he sticks around, he has the opportunity to be in the rotation as a rush end or rush linebacker. And so that's going to be uh, interesting to see. And in true freshman Dallas Turner, I can't stop finding praise uh, for him. And so what does he come in and do? Is he another Will Anderson type uh, player? It's hard to say he's going to be a Will Anderson, but that's, those are interesting types of questions. How do these sort of, how do these guys, you know, shake out when we think about it? And those are all more uh, outside linebackers, but when we start thinking about some of the inside linebackers, what is Shane Lee? Uh, what's he been up to, right? We haven't seen him in a minute uh, after, after starting for a season. And so what happens there? Uh, Des Moines Kennedy, is uh, a recruit that came in and uh, uh, was likened to C.J. Mosley in the middle. So, what uh, what what does he look like uh, this year? Jackson Bratton is a guy that was brought in uh, specifically uh, to play in the middle and didn't play a lot last year, if at all. Maybe some special teams. I don't know. I didn't see a lot of him. And then Jalen Moody. He's a guy that uh, I mean, he's going to be brothers in arms with uh, with Hank, but uh, he'd be starting <laughs> if Hank hadn't come along. And so Jalen's got to be looking for. Uh, Moody's got to be looking for every opportunity that uh, that he can find to get on the field. So that's going to be uh, that's going to be interesting. There are so many other names at linebackers. I didn't even write them all down. I could probably, there's probably six or seven additional names uh, across the linebacker positions, uh, defensive end uh, positions, and so it's going to be interesting really to see how uh, all of that shakes out and how the depth chart uh, really uh, really shakes out. And I, and and probably we're going to have. Uh, some updated content uh, in that regard. I want to move away from linebacker, but just one thought uh, when I was looking at my notes from last year, I sort of went out uh, on a limb and I said, you know, there's so much talk. Is Will Anderson the next Derek Thomas? Is he that good? And I said, you know, if he's as good as Derek Thomas, if he can be 
if he ends his career sort of in the same sentence as uh, Derek Thomas, then he's going to win two national titles while he's at Alabama. And <laughs> calls or uh, or not, we've won one. And so that's going to be interesting to see. And, and I think he's going to be uh, a focal point, an anchor point in this 2021 defense, which I think is going to be outstanding. And so it's going to be – that's going to be quite interesting to see how sort of that unfolds. But that was an interesting sort of, you know, sort of throwaway comment last year. And it's interesting to see, you know, where that could go. And I do think his game is just outstanding and it's only going to get better. Uh, we saw it progress last season and this season it could be a whole nother level. Secondary. Let's go to secondary. And look, I'm going to just call this straight up. Secondary is the most frustrating position for me this season. And that's true for all the right reasons. It's frustrating in a good way. Uh, certainly not a bad way. So if we consider that Alabama plays a lot of nickel and a lot of dime formations, and so nickels, five defensive backs, dimes, six, you think of your base or your standard being four defensive backs. Now, Alabama bases the nickel a lot, so we call it a base nickel. Uh, but anyways, I, the point is I'm trying to make is numbers, numbers of defensive backs that play at any given time. It could be four, five, six, or your traditional sense. Alabama plays a lot of nickel. 70%, if you will, uh, at the nickel. That's why we see a player like Malachi Moore out because he's he is the nickelback. He, we call him, uh, um, you know, we call him the star, but that's the nickelback. That's the fifth uh, defensive back. Just the scheme is such that we need that personnel on the field. So anyways, five defensive backs out there a lot. So even considering that, this Alabama roster, this collection of secondary players has seven proven starters, plus two potentially day one ready freshmen. So there are nine players in the secondary that legit have an opportunity to step into a starting role, and there's five of them. I mean, six if you want to count, uh, if you really want to go to the max and count the dime, and that means there might be three starting caliber defensive backs that just see just scant reps or, or backup reps. And so that's frustrating because we want to see these breakout freshmen. We want to see these players that are so talented and that have grown and evolved over their career. But it's for the right reasons because we're not putting out there, you know, I'm not going out there to play secondary, right? So the players that aren't playing are so talented that they should play but they're just not good enough to play with the other guys that are there. It's the right, it's the right problem to have. It's the right side of the problem to have. But as a fan, that could be frustrating too. That can be a little bit like, ah, damn it, I want to see these guys play. And so here's here's how I want to break this down. I want to focus on what we know and compare it to what we don't know. And so where we don't know is the question that we want to watch sort of unpack itself during fall camp. So what we know is that one of the cornerback positions will be held down by Josh Joe. Now, we know that. Now, we're not talking about injury and all that crap because, you know, there's, there's too many wrinkles. To, but we know, all things being equal, Josh Job is a starting corner. What we don't know is who starts at the other corner. It likely is Jalen Amore Davis. But it could be Kool-Aid McKinstry, five-star, incredibly highly touted cornerback that he could true freshman corners have started at Alabama somewhat on the regular uh, that he could potentially beat out Jalen Amore Davis. 
I'm not yet predicting it, but it's it's well within feasibility. So we know Job. We don't know the other corner. We know at one of the safety positions, Jordan Battle's playing. We know that. What we don't know is who plays the other safety position. Now, DeMarco Hellams and Daniel Wright sort of platooned at that last season. For the first part of the season, and in fact, well into the season, Daniel Wright would start games at the safety position. And then we'd get into the third quarter, and we would rotate Daniel Wright out and play DeMarco. When we got further into the playoffs, I know we did this against Notre Dame. We may have done it uh, before. We know Notre Dame was going to attack us with their tight ends. And so we started the game with DeMarco, and he pretty much played the whole game because he's a bigger, more physical safety. And they say, you you, we're, you are going to attack us with your big personnel. Then we're going to put a safety that's a bigger body, a bigger uh, personnel. So we're going to try to match uh, personnel. And we may still do that. And so it may be that we need the smaller, faster guy versus the bigger guy. And, and we may be nimble in who starts week to week uh, because that's just a, a point of versatility that we have, that we're not locked into personnel. But guess what? Guess who's also competing for that safety spot because he's too talented not to have on the field? Brian Branch. So we know Jordan Battle has one of the safety positions. What we don't know is who wins the other side. Is it DeMarco Helms? Is it Daniel Wright? Is it Brian Branch? We don't know. We know Malachi Moore is the star when he's healthy. And when he's not, last year Brian Branch played very well at the position. But let's assume, all things being equal, Malachi Moore comes back. He reclaims the star position. What we don't know is who plays the money position, which would be the sixth defensive back. Now, I think the competition's the same. DeMarco Hellams, Daniel Wright, uh, Brian Branch. I think that's, I think that's the, the competition profile. But there's, a, there's, you know, when we think about six positions, there's three that we know and three that we don't know. And uh, it's, it's three, four, five players competing for those three positions. And so that's, that's going to be compelling. But what about Taryn Arnold, true freshman in, in sort of off-season workouts? He's been working out at corner and safety. What do we do with him? Because he is another five-star player that's incredibly highly touted. He's one of those guys. And look, that sounds like you just think all the true freshmen can play. Well, look at last year's team. Malachi Moore and Will Anderson and Brian Branch. These guys did all play as true freshmen in, in on the defense. And so I don't think it's outside of the realm of our experience to question could a Kool-Aid McKinstry step in and play? Could a Terry and Arnold step in and play? I think they could. Uh, but is there enough of an opportunity given all of the other talent uh, that's there? These are Alabama problems. I'm not complaining, but holy moly, isn't it so interesting to think that we may not be able to fill the defense that has Malachi Moore and Brian Branch on the field at the same time, and they might be two of our better defensive players. That's just incredible to think that situationally that could be true. Um, and it's not a bad problem to have, like we said. But uh, that's going to be interesting. That's why the the, the secondary um, – I don't know why I focus on the secondary, uh, but it, it's so fun to watch the rotations. What is the formation, and then what are the, ro- the rotations at uh, that formation? It's an it's an easier position actually to be able to do than I think even the down lineman or the uh, the linebacker. So maybe that's why I gravitate to that. Uh, at any rate, that's the defense. I do think this defense has a chance to be outstanding. Super excited about it.
uh, special teams. Let's hit a couple of quick points. Uh, special teams, uh, we're going to focus on, you know, sort of the specialist. We've just talked about in this show and the prior show, the depth of talent at wide receiver, the depth of talent at linebacker, the depth of talent at defensive back. And so when we think about all the coverage teams, shit, we're covered, right? Like we're in good shape. I wouldn't want to have to try to advance the ball special teams uh, against those guys because they're going to be, I mean, there'll be some starters baked amongst those because that's what Saban does. But there's going to be so many guys that are competing to make a name for themselves that they're going to, they're going to make good, uh, big plays. And we see that every year. It's fun to watch. Let's think about the uh, the specialist. The kicker is Will Reichert. Uh, we need to keep him healthy. I don't think that he goes perfect this season like he did last season, not because he's not an outstanding kicker. It's just you don't go perfect, and he did. Uh, so I'm rooting for it. Just, you know, things happen. Uh, but we want him to stay healthy, and he's a phenomenal kicker. We're glad that he's on our, te- uh, our team. Kickoffs. Here's an interesting question. Uh, does Reichert handle kickoffs, or does Chase Allen – handle kickoffs. And Reichert is as talented, maybe more talented at kickoffs. But think, consider this. We lost him two years ago because he uh, uh, stretched or pulled or dinged or uh, his hip flexor, and he did it on a kickoff. And he did it because he uh, the tee that the ball was on, he kicked the tee and not the ball and so that, that caused an injury. They have these new tees now that are more pliable. And so if you kick the tee, it, it doesn't transfer the energy back up into your leg, which causes them to get hurt. It, it, it just, you, it's like a, a foam. And so it holds the ball. And if you accidentally kick it instead of the ball, then you still kick through it as you would the ball. And so the energy still transfers out the back or through the kick, not back up into the leg. And so the injury potential is, you know, virtually goes away. But, and so with that in mind, do you just let him kick him? Or do you say, I don't know, I'm still gun-shy because it happened once. I don't know the answer to that question. That may be something that we see during fall camp. So that'll be sort of interesting. Uh, punting, this might be the funnest thing, the most fun thing to watch during uh, during fall camp. Uh, Sam Johnson and Ty Pirine, I, I think – They've been told that they've been passed over, if not directly told, indirectly told, which is amazing because Top Huron two years ago was a phenomenal punter, a little uh, inconsistent, but man, could he boot the ball. And so it seems like that's something that he could work on. And hopefully he has and he'll have every opportunity to compete for the position. But, you know, Saban basically said, I'm doubling down on finding a punter. So we brought in uh, another transfer and uh, we see where, you know, the transfers that Saban has brought in, the other transfers Saban has brought in, you know, he's swinging for the fences. And so uh, Jack Martin, a punter from Troy, averaged 46 yards last year. If he walks in and can cash that check week after week, then there's your punter. But there'll be a competition, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how it plays out. And then James Burnup, uh, an Australian kicker. And that just feels like <laughs> – that just feels like Alabama showing off. And what's interesting is I think that he was going to gray shirt or walk on at Ole Miss and Saban said, nope, I'll just give you a scholarship. So Saban, again, just doubling down on finding uh, a punter. And so that's why I say the writing may be on the wall for Sam and Ty, that they've got an uphill battle to compete. Because otherwise, why would you go get Jack and James uh, if you've been 
seen, if you've been watching, you know, Sam and Ty, you know, kill it. And so, you know, that's, that's how I see that sort of unfold. I think Jack's probably got to start the season. So that'd be uh, something to watch. Uh, snapping uh, Thomas Flesher was actually drafted is a, is a long snapper. It's amazing. Question is, is Gabe Pugh, is he ready to take over uh, that position? What we want to do, and I say this with all the love uh, for Gabe Pugh, and I think he would sort of grin and agree with me, we don't ever want to hear his name. Uh, we want him to be the long snapper, and we never want to hear his name. Uh, until his career is over, and we say, damn, that was another really good uh, long snapper. And I think that's just the life of, of, snap, of long snappers there. Uh, kick returns. Man, is Jaleel Billingsley and Brian Robinson, are they going to be the kickoff returners uh, next year? Lovingly, I say I hope not. I hope that somewhere between Jace and Roy Dell and maybe McKinstry uh, that we can find that that we can find a younger, I think more dynamically talented uh, player that can that can return kicks. I'll say this: uh, if Jace becomes more of the starter at uh, closer to the starter running back, then he won't return kicks. I don't think. If McKinstry becomes a starter at cornerback then probably he won't return kicks. We'll have them focus uh, more singularly. And so maybe that means Jaleel and Brian get more of an opportunity. I don't know the answer to that question. I don't want it to be Jaleel, and I'm not mad at Jaleel. It just feels funny that your tight end is is your kick returner. And then Brian Robinson is more of a physical bruising running back. He's got the skills, the talent, and Saban's all about possessing the ball. And, hell, if you're just going to catch it and, 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 you know, take it to the 25, then maybe it doesn't matter. Uh, but I like having someone back there that's a little more dynamic. And then for punt return, I think it's Slade. Although just I just get a, a weird feeling. I've not heard this. It's just all in my head. Uh, Jojo Earl is a punt returner. I, I, think, I think there's some raw sort of capability there. If he can consistently catch it, and I don't know that he can or can't, but uh, that that's what we would look for there, and I, I think he's I think he has the ability to. I don't think he's a Jalen Waddle. I'm not saying that. Uh, people do say that. I don't. But I think he's got a little extra, and uh, that may be an interesting way to uh, to get him on the field if uh, if he's certainly com- comfortable with that position. And I say the best to last. You know, Mike Jones left and followed in the footsteps of Tua leaving, and so we need to find a new holder for kicks. I don't want it to be Price. I don't like it being the starting quarterback. I'm sorry. Uh, and so I think Paul Tyson has an opportunity uh, to win that job. So interesting to uh, see there. So here we go. That has been this edition. Uh, it's a it's a camp primer. This is all this is. And so we'll refresh a lot of this content. We want to say the names out loud, getting to think about them, think about the positions. And now we've got this information fresh in our brain, sort of marinating around is we drum up, build up our excitement uh, leading uh, leading up to the season. And so there, there you go. Hopefully we've accomplished that today. If you have any questions, want to engage in any sort of dialogue or conversation, email us at uh, uh, alabamafootballpodcast at gmail.com. Join the member group and get in some, in some of the Zoom calls. Those are, like I said, phenomenal. And uh, we'll get those ginned up here. We'll probably do something fall camp before the season starts. Uh, have, a, have a show or two. And uh, it's a couple bucks to, to do that. Check out the website, alabamafootballpodcast.com, where we're going to have the companion articles for all of this coverage and the information there on the member program as well. And again, you know how to reach us if there are uh, any questions. With that said, we've said a lot, and we're so eager for camp to start. We're so eager for the season to start. And we look forward to sharing the, another season 
uh, with you. In the meantime, it's another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a Roll Tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, T-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tide. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide.